1: One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandy Egan. Let's go to court. On this episode, I'll talk about a shooting outside a daycare.
2: And I'll be talking about Kristen's oh. worst nightmare.
1: Oh no, is this
2: revenge? Ooh, is it? Oh no. I go second this week, so I guess you'll just
1: have to wait and find out. Is this like an author who never gets her book published ever? Hmm. Oh, no. I don't know. Thanks a lot. I don't know what it
2: could be. Well, that's just a lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I want to start just like right off the top. I just want to address something real quick. That's
1: been eating you alive. Eating me alive. Okay.
2: We never talk about our reviews on the podcast. Well, we talk it's, about how we want we them We want them, and that's it.
1: But... Honestly, I think
2: it's kind of tacky, and we just don't do it, but I think this needs to be addressed. We've gotten a few reviews lately that um, are actually very complimentary about the podcast, but people say that they hate my laugh, that I ruin the podcast, that it's loud, I laugh into the mic, whatever. Here's the deal, folks. My laugh is my laugh. It's who I fucking am. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. Don't fucking listen. I... You know, I'm not trying to be rude. I can't change who I am for this podcast. So
1: could you try those?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think I think that's the thing. Like, you know, obviously we've known each other since elementary school. Yeah. The laugh is you. It's a part of you. And like,
2: yeah, yeah. it is who I am. I am. I'm very sorry. I know that it's not for everyone. And while I would love for everyone to listen to and enjoy our podcast, this is me. Take it or leave it. That's all I have to say about
1: that. Oh, well, I have lots more to say about okay. it. Okay. No, I really don't. No, it's just, you know, Norman Norman gave us some good advice. He yeah. said, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. That's right. Which is uh, something that he wrote himself. That's right. He came up with that yeah. phrase. <laughs> but no, it's I, the other thing I would say is like, I've got, like, I got the vibe from some reviews that people thought it was overblown. Like, no, this is, this is not, there's nothing fake going on here. Absolutely not. This is you. This is me. Yes. I once pooped in a Bed Bath & Beyond bag and And you laugh a lot. I laugh a lot and I
2: laugh very loudly and it's who we fucking are. So.
1: And actually, you don't even laugh directly into the mic. I
2: don't. (laughs) Yeah. There somebody said, please try and laugh away from the mic. I fucking do. So (laughs) I'm very sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, that's that. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I won't address it again. I just wanted to put it out there. Okay. Carry on. On with the chlorophyll. Oh,
1: chlorophyll. That's a... Okay. It's a Billy Madison reference. Oh, well, it's been a long time (laughs) since I saw that Adam Sandler film. (laughs) Which I know a lot You've about. You've
2: never seen it ever, I guarantee you. Oh, yeah? Ask
1: me a question. Okay. Would you like to know the plot? Uh-huh. Yeah, are you going to read it off of IMDb for me real quick? A dumb son <laughs> of a very rich man What's goes the... back to school. Why? Um, To prove to dad he's not a fool. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> Maybe she has seen it. <laughs> She's
2: definitely not seen it. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Okay. I've got a great case this okay. week. Okay, And it's all thanks to Matt and Lindy, who emailed about the case. Excellent. I scooped it up. Mm. They even did me the favor of being like, we found the 2020 episode Ooh. on YouTube. So they gave me the link. That's amazing. So just, just to start this off, the first part of this is like all the 2020 episode, Angels and Demons. Okay. And then the next part where that episode leaves off, mm-hmm. because it's an old episode, yeah. Um, It's basically all articles by Christian Boone for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This guy, he's a local reporter. He stayed on this case for years. I love it. That's awesome. I love it. Okay, I'm excited. This case is crazy. All right. It was mid-November 2010 in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia. Rusty Snyderman was in his huge, gorgeous home, and really gorgeous, Mm -hmm. when he noticed a man in his backyard. The guy had on a hat and earmuffs and a black mustache. Like a fake mustache? Um, yeah, it, he didn't say in the 911 call that, that it looks like a fake mustache, but.
2: That's the vibe you got? That's
1: the vibe. Okay. And also, it looked like the guy had a gun. Hmm. So, Rusty obviously called the cops. He told the dispatcher, he's running. I think he has a gun in his back pocket, and now he's running away. I don't know who the hell he is, and I don't want him by my house. It was super weird. Yeah. uh, But that was that. Police couldn't find the guy, and Rusty didn't see him again in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Eight days passed. It was November 18th, 2010. It was a normal Thursday morning for Rusty. He and his two-year-old son Ian had breakfast, and then Rusty dropped Ian off at Dunwoody Prep. I think it's Dunwoody Prep
2: with a G. You think it's Dung Woody? You think it's shit Woody Prep? (laughs) It can't be. There's no way. (laughs) Okay, it's Dunwoody.
1: Get your laughs in now, folks, because it's about to take a turn. (laughs) It couldn't possibly be done, Woody. It must be done, Woody. (laughs) (laughs) Must be something way weirder and way worse. Okay. (laughs) So Rusty dropped Ian off at daycare, and he walked out of the daycare and headed back to his car. Meanwhile, all the kids were out playing on the playground, and that's when a man approached him. The man got within about six feet of Rusty, pulled out a gun, and shot him three times. Then, when Rusty was down, the man knelt down, pressed the gun to Rusty's neck, and shot him a fourth time. Holy shit. In the... In front of the daycare. Holy fucking shit. Then, the man got up, walked back to his silver minivan, and drove off. So, the look on your face... Yeah, I mean, is totally appropriate, and that's basically how people reacted uh-huh. to They were shocked. So some of the eyewitnesses, and there were a lot, mm-hmm. they thought they were watching something that was being filmed. Mm-hmm. They thought they were watching a movie. So, like, people, honest to god, after this happened, looked around for cameras. Oh my! Because gosh. this is a very nice mm-hmm. area. It's a freaking daycare. Yeah, and it looked like a weird professional hit. Oh my! On gosh. this like nice. Guy dropping his kid off. It didn't take long for police and emergency workers to arrive on the scene. But by that point, Rusty didn't have a pulse and the killer was gone. Mm -hmm. The daycare called Rusty's wife, Andrea, to tell her that there'd been an emergency. They told her that Rusty was being taken to the hospital.
2: They didn't tell her that he was dead? No. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, it's interesting. So the 2020 episode said that he didn't have a pulse outside, but he was taken to the hospital and he was there for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know. Yeah. Anyway, okay. okay. Um, but at any rate, it could be that they
2: were able to resuscitate him at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. So, but Andrea, at any rate, was told there's been an emergency. Rusty's being taken to the mm-hmm. hospital. Andrea called Rusty's parents. And she told them, Rusty's been shot. I'm so, so sorry. Rusty's dad, Don, was obviously distraught. But he was also kind of taken aback. Because Andrea sounded excited. She was talking quickly and in a really high-pitched voice. Not panicky, Mm. just excited. Interesting. Although...
2: You never know how people are going to react under, you know, crazy
1: circumstances. Right. Right. Four days passed, and no one could find Rusty's killer. And no one could figure out why anyone wanted him dead. He was such a nice, outgoing guy. He was a great dad to his son and daughter. He was smart, too. He had an MBA from Harvard. And he had a great job as a wealth manager. And things seemed great in his marriage. Andrea had a job at General Electric. And she was really close with her boss, Hemi Newman.
2: Oh, no. What?
1: How, how what? close with her boss? Well, you know. You know, you want to have a good relationship with your boss. Was she banging her boss? <gasps> how dare you? <laughs> Hemi was a very smart, very arrogant engineer. Mm-hmm. But... Is Hemi a man?
2: Yeah. That that name, I feel like, could go either
1: way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. But he's a man. Okay. But were things really that great in the Snyderman's
2: marriage? Probably not. And probably Andrea ordered a hit on him, I'm guessing.
1: Oh, Brandy. Keep your (laughs) pants on. (laughs) And was Andrea's relationship with her boss... Purely professional? No, she was banging him. Well, you've come to a conclusion mighty quickly here. (laughs) So it depends on who you ask. But there's one thing that everyone can agree on. Hemi and Andrea went on a few business trips together, everywhere from Lake Tahoe to Scotland. Mm -hmm. And at some point after all this closeness, Hemi became infatuated with Andrea but was she infatuated with him? Mm. She says no. Of course, she says no. She was. Wow, you are quick. Mm-hmm. You are quick to make a judgment. Mm-hmm. So she says no, but a bartender who waited on them in South Carolina said that they were hanging all over each other like a couple of newlyweds and groping on the dance floor. Okay. <laughs> so you tell me yeah, who was into who. Groping on the dance floor. Mm. Too much. That is too much. So now it's December 2010. Four weeks have passed since the shooting. Police talk to Andrea, and they say, look, can you think of anyone who might have done this? Anyone with a motive. Is there anyone who's interested in you romantically? hmm And to that last question, she said yes. My Her boss. boss, Hemi Newman. hmm mm-hmm. She said Hemi had hit on her once, on a business trip, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Police say she brought Forgot up- to
2: mention the part where they were banging on the reg.
1: Oh, that is up for debate, madam. <laughs> oh, is it? Yes. <laughs> so police say she kind of brought up Hemi's name, but then quickly dismissed the idea and went on to talk about other people who might have done this. Yeah, Meanwhile, police poured over footage from the daycare's surveillance cameras. They determined that the killer's getaway car was a Kia Sedona. Mm. They got the license plates, and soon they figured out that it was a rental car. And you will never in a million years guess who rented that car. Kimmy Newman. Well, you must be a (laughs) genius. (laughs) So police were like, got him! (laughs) They interrogated Hemi, who, for some reason, did not request an attorney. Okay, Hemi. And they were blunt with him. They said, we know you were there. I mean, like, how much better does that get? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. At one point, a detective told him. So, you know, in the 2020 episode, they've got, like, the footage from the interrogation room, which I love. And one of them goes, now, Hemi, you were there. You got a man up. And another detective goes... The jig is up. You're our guy. And Hemi, who is like cool as a fucking cucumber, goes, I don't see how you can place me in that. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not there. I don't own a gun. I can't explain the van.
2: So he just offers no explanation.
1: He, watching this was like un. Is he, like, leaned back in his chair with his feet up on the table? He had a pretty casual stance. I I don't know what to tell you guys. Might as well have been sipping a mojito. I wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) Wish I could help you guys out. So he was super chill. They interrogated Hemi for five hours. And he was just like, I didn't do it. I'm not the one. I wasn't there. He went full on shaggy. Shaggy? Oh. <laughs> it wasn't me! It wasn't me! <laughs> it's like, you know what I was thinking about? Scooby, Scooby Doo! Yeah!
2: <laughs> they, he, Yeah, I no, They caught him banging on the sofa and he wasn't
1: me. Caught me banging on the counter?
2: <laughs> wasn't me! I even had her in the shower. Wasn't, wasn't me! me.
1: <laughs> they even caught me on camera! Wasn't <laughs> me! <laughs> So, the interrogation didn't result in a confession. Hold on. I'd really love for one of our listeners to compile a list of weird songs <laughs> that we reference on this podcast. You know what I've noticed? We have some kind of like, even if we don't fully go into songs yes. like that, one of us will do like one little. Yes. <laughs> it could be Let's Go to Court Greatest Hits. That's right. <laughs> so, the interrogation didn't result in a confession. But then police got Hemi's phone records and they found that he talked with a man named Jan De Silva. Hmm. Jan De Silva? No, it was Jan. It, mm. I know. I was. Okay. I would be saying the same thing to you with equal <laughs> sass. <laughs> when police talked to Jan, Jan was like, Yeah, um, I sold that guy a handgun a little while ago. Ooh. Nice guy. He just wanted it to defend his home. Hmm. Why do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> <to> my knowledge. <laughs> and oh, uh, by the way, uh, the guy bought that gun from me like a month ago. But then he called me pretty recently and said that there was a problem with the gun and that he had to get rid of it. And then he told me, don't ever have a mistress. Hope this helps, bye. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Police were like, Okay. Pretty sure we get what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Hemi and Andrea were obviously having an affair. Bangin'. They wanted Rusty out of the picture. That's correct. And oh look at this. Hemi was having financial problems. Oh shit. And Rusty just happened to have a two million dollar life insurance <gasps> policy. Pretty damn convenient. Uh huh. Clearly, these two were in cahoots. That's right. So, police brought Andrea in for questioning and they asked her, Hey, have you and Hemi had an affair? And Andrea said, No, I've never had an affair with Hemi. If he's told you we had an affair, then that's all in his head. But I think her name is Relly. Relly Newman, Hemi's wife. Relly and Hemi, I know. What? I, I, don't, I don't know. She didn't think the affair was fake. Uh She thought it was very much real. Uh She and Hemi had been married for 22 years. And she had suspected that Hemi was cheating on her ever since Andrea started working at GE. Oh, shit. She said the two of them were in constant communication, and she had the phone records to prove it. (gasps) In the six months before Rusty's murder, Andrea and Hemi were in contact more than 1,400 times. Holy shit. Through phone calls or texts, which got me thinking. I always think this anytime we have like a case where two people are in contact at a time. Yeah. What do you think the number would be for us? Oh,
2: it'd be close It'd to be that. huge. Yeah, it'd be huge. People
1: would totally think we were plotting a murder. Yeah. They'd be like, it can't be possible that they were just sending memes <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> we do send a lot of we memes. We send a lot of memes. <laughs> I mean, if I don't get one once a day from you, I'm going to be very worried. I'm concerned that something has happened to you. Yeah.
2: (laughs) There was like one day where I text you like, I don't know, like six messages in a row because I was like, I sent you like three things and you didn't respond. And then I was like, hey, sorry for being a stage five clinger, but I'm concerned that there might be something wrong with you. (laughs) And you text me and you're like, I left the house and left my phone at
1: home. (laughs) I'm okay. That would be the only reason. It's like I left my phone at home or something something horrible. horrible. All this happened. happened. <laughs> so Relly saw what was going on and she was like, fuck this, I'm out. She filed yeah. for separation. Do you file for
2: separation or is that you just
1: a file for divorce, but Yeah, you don't file for separation, do you maybe in
2: some states you okay. have to file like a legal separation mm. to start the process, maybe?
1: Okay. Divorce is weird. Anyway. I'm the divorce expert on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> Boy, there's an expertise thing, a level, an area of expertise you didn't want to have. That's right. Yeah. But here I am, living my best life. Divorce finalized.
2: Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't mentioned that. Let's mention it. This week, divorce
1: finalized. And you know what? It's a good thing. Looks good on me, doesn't it? It it really, really does. Well, seriously, like, the new hairdo, like, you're just... You're happier than you yeah. were before. Like, this... It's feeling pretty good. Yeah. Feeling pretty good. We went out to celebrate. Is it tacky to say? No, I think it's fine. Okay. Yeah. We celebrated. We did.
2: We celebrated. We toasted. We had a lovely dinner. It was great. We ate tater tots that were stuffed
1: with cheese. And somehow, they weren't that good. I know.
2: <laughs> we were so excited about them. Which, who
1: wouldn't be? Okay, it was... Tater tots stuffed with pepper jack cheese sounds amazing. Absolutely, they just weren't that good. Yeah, it was it was a little bit of they a letdown,
2: underwhelming.
1: Because I had sent you three different restaurant yeah. options, and you were like, "Uh." uh I looked at the menu. menu yeah. Made my
2: decision. You know what didn't let us down? What skillet brownie? Oh. <laughs> that did not let us it did down did not at let all. us down except it was way too big and david and norm did not help us with it at all yeah it
1: was an interesting thing so it was day 1 of norman's healthy eating diet yes. so he was just he was looking at us like a starving puppy yes so that was sad and then david has a weird hang up about the doneness he doesn't of his like brownie, a gooey brownie he which... wants
2: a fully cooked brownie which red I have... flag red flag
1: ooh it's going in the it's going in the con column. <laughs> Could be one of those psychopath things, like you know how, like what's that thing about yawning? Do you know? Oh what?
2: yeah. So if somebody, if they can look at you while you're yawning and they don't yawn, they're a psychopath.
1: Which that seems like it can't it's possibly be true. But let's <laughs> that and also if they don't like a gooey brownie, that's it. Mm. Mm. And then if
2: they if they dip their onion ring uh-huh. in ranch rather than the Cajun
1: sauce, uh. Got a total psychopath right. That's right. right. There. <laughs> We're just trying to help people out. That's yeah. right. Okay. I hope you guys are keeping track of all of these notes. <laughs> did you see? Oh shoot! I I can't remember who it was on Twitter. I want to say Marsha Uh huh. Um, reached out and said she enjoys nachos with there shredded are monsters cheese. Monsters among us. Yeah. I I tell you what. Oh, wrong wrong it's wrong wrong it's wrong. sick and wrong and wrong and sick nachos only with queso has yeah. to be gooey yes cannot be shredded cheese no if you like shredded cheese on your nachos you need to keep that sickness to yourself that's right alright don't okay. inflict it upon the rest of us and certainly don't be like oh hey I made nachos and then show it's, us that yeah, crap yeah exactly uh huh alright mm-hmm. back to it back to it okay so she filed for separation yeah. <laughs> that's where we were okay alright <laughs> where we went on the longest <laughs> tangent ever <laughs> Meanwhile, prosecutors had enough on Hemi, so he was charged with murder. But they didn't have much on Andrea. Yeah. Other than gut instinct. Yeah. As Hemi's trial date got closer, he pled not guilty by reason of insanity. What? Hold on to your hat. Do I need to buckle up for this? Oh, you're going to... Yeah, you're going to have to buckle Go ahead. Click. Okay, very good. I am buckled in. In opening statements, Hemi's defense attorney told the story. Yes, Hemi shot Rusty. But he did not know right from wrong when he pulled the trigger. What? He was in love with Andrea. And voices in his head told him to do evil things. Angels and demons spoke to him. What? The angel had the voice of Olivia Newton-John. What? What? <laughs> The demon had the voice of Barry White. What? (laughs) Olivia
2: Newton-John and Barry
1: White? You're not going to believe what they told him. Okay, I'm ready. Barry White told him to kill... I'm sorry. (laughs) Barry White told Hemi to kill himself. Wow. Which is rude. Yes. But Olivia Newton-John told him to kill Rusty. So he listened to Olivia. Yeah, she's the angel. She said Rusty was a danger to his two children. So. Oh my gosh. You're the one that I want. <laughs> <laughs> you are the one I want. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <Henny>. <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Henny. Yes? Man, missed opportunity. <laughs> really
2: missed opportunity.
1: So the defense. This is crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Matt and Lindy. This is. This is a great case. (laughs) (laughs) B-A-N-A-N-A-S. The defense presented a case that Hemi was bipolar and that he'd had a terrible childhood. So this was interesting. The defense explained that Hemi's father was a Holocaust survivor. I believe Mm -hmm. he was in Auschwitz. Oh, my gosh. And that he'd abused Hemi and his siblings Mm -hmm. and that his mother was mostly absent. Gosh, dang
2: it. Why do you do these cases? Where you're like, this person's
1: so bad. And then you're like, but they were abused. And blah, blah, blah. I know, it does make you... I hate that. I know. <laughs> I know. Because then you go down the, the sad path of like, oh my yeah. God, what would it be like to survive yes, a concentration absolutely. Cam- camp? and like, Yeah, that would mess you up royally. Ugh. Okay. Yeah, sorry team. But Prosecutor Don Gary was like... Thanks Matt and Lindy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prosecutor Don Gary was like, uh, hold on. This is total bullshit. He said, a man wanted someone else's wife, so he killed her husband. Mm -hmm. He got caught, and now all of a sudden, he's insane. No, my gosh. But the dope. This fair argument. This is one of those weird cases where, you know, I'm, I always get weird about the insanity cases because yeah. it's like, I don't know enough about mental yeah. health. And the other thing is, for, this, for his, his trial, I only watched the 2020 episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they chopped those oh, things yeah. up. They didn't show... They talked about some of the expert witnesses, but they didn't go into great detail. Yeah. So that does make me feel weird about coming down one way or the other. Of course. But that said... Of all the stuff I've watched, this is the most certain I've ever been that someone was faking. Okay. I it just, and again, I could be totally yeah. wrong, but it just seems pretty damn convenient. Oh uh, uh, Yeah. But the defense pressed on. Yes, what Hemi did was awful, but this was Andrea's doing. They said that she used Hemi's mental illness against him. She manipulated him to get what she wanted. It's a good fucking argument. And I mean, it might be true, you yeah. know? I mean, it's, yeah. Douglas Peter, Peters was one of Hemi's attorneys, and he later said, This is clearly a situation where one person was mentally ill, and the other person was aware of it, and was calculating, and was manipulative. Wow. Yeah the prosecution was just as hard on Andrea. Both sides believed that she had something to do with Hemi killing Rusty. In fact, as the trial played out, it seemed clear that the prosecution was building their case against Andrea. That was especially clear when Andrea Snyderman took the stand. (gasps) Okay. Why would she do that? I think she was compelled to. I mean, I I don't think she had a choice. choice. Okay. Cause you know, she wasn't on trial. right? You know? I
2: know. And she hasn't been charged with anything. So it's not right. like she can say that.
1: Yeah. Ooh. The, Oh my God. Stop. <laughs> stop laughing and stop making that noise. I don't ask for much. <laughs> so, so Andrea took the stand and, she told, she told the jury that Hemi wrote her a poem one time mm-hmm. saying that she was beautiful. Excellent. Did it go, you're beautiful.
2: <laughs> you're beautiful. <laughs> it's true. God. <laughs> Have you ever had someone write you a poem? Uh, I had, in high school, I had somebody ask me to homecoming
1: by writing a poem. Really? Yeah. What was it? Do you remember the poem? Mm, hold on. Do you need me to get some wine and cheese? <laughs> Khakis are tan.
2: <laughs> Jeans are blue. I'd like to go to homecoming with you.
1: Hey, I kind of like that. Yes. Yeah.
2: Because pants is my
1: favorite word. Yeah. No, like I, play I on why. that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pretty creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
2: responded in poem. What did you say? I said... I sing alto, you sing tenor, I'll see you at homecoming dinner. Oh, very (laughs) nice.
1: I liked that guy. Yeah, he was super nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also received a poem once. Ooh. It rhymed. Ooh. And it took itself very seriously. Oh, no. You can guess who wrote it. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) The prosecutor asked... Do you have any idea why the defendant would have these feelings toward you? And Andrea said, I think I'm a pretty nice person. I'm a very caring person. Mm. The prosecution straight up asked her, Were you and the defendant romantically involved? Yes, we were banging on the reg. No! She said no. Lied. She lied. She's a liar. Liar! She's a lying liar who lies. (laughs) But then they read aloud emails Mm -hmm. that the two of them had sent each other. Hmm. In one, Hemi refers to when we looked up at the stars in Tahoe, when you took my hand and nestled your head on my shoulder, when we woke up together in Denver.
2: Okay, what were these people traveling the United States together? They've been to South Carolina, Lake Tahoe, Mm -hmm. Denver. They live in fucking
1: Georgia. They also went to Scotland. What? Yeah. They did a lot of traveling together. And So Andrea's up on the stand reading over these emails. And the prosecutor goes, did that happen? And by the way, she has... Attitude for days. Mm, She's not just surprise like, me one bit. Yeah. Yeah. She is cold mm-hmm. and angry. And she goes, Did what happen? And he said, Did you wake up together in, in Denver? Denver and Tahoe? <laughs> yeah. Andrea said no. Liar. She said she always rejected Hemi's advances. Even when he emailed her, Marry me, be with me forever. Think about it how'd she respond to that email? See, this is what makes me think, I mean, it's either, it's either that this was one-sided mm-hmm. or that she was more calculating mm-hmm. because they did, they did have her read some stuff and I'll get mm-hmm. to it, but there, they didn't have stuff like I love mm-hmm. you too, blah, 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 nestled on my shoulder, any of that mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, take it how you want to take it, either... She played him. Possibly, yeah. She played him. She said she always turned him down. She thought of Hemi as like a schoolboy with a crush. She never mentioned any of this to Rusty because it was inconsequential. Mm -hmm. Which, (laughs) give me a break. Right. She said she felt sorry for Hemi and that she cared about him. And that she even let him into her hotel room a few times. But they never shared a hotel room. Mm. Maybe he was a stalker. Yeah, she used that word.
2: Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at it from that angle, it could make sense.
1: That's what makes this case such a mess. I know. I know. Oh. So it's funny because I we're not recording at our normal time, which I feel like we say that every episode. I know lately it's been crazy. But, um, when I first,
2: we've had a bunch of stuff going on.
1: (laughs) It's like, you got divorced. Uh, And like, I am maybe buying a new house. uh (laughs) But no. So when I first looked into this, I was like, oh, my God, I'm weirdly on her side a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not like on her side, yeah. but I was more like, they don't really have enough on her. Then I looked it back over last night, and I was like, why was I thinking that? She's totally terrible and guilty. And now that I'm telling it to you, you're kind of like, I don't know. I can, you can see both possibilities. Yeah, this, this case is nuts. <sighs> I don't know how I feel. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Okay. Then it was time for the defense to cross-examine her. The defense brought up a string of emails from just after Andrea and Hemi took a trip to, to Greenville, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. In one email, Andrea said, I now have to repent. And, and, and Hemi said, please never forget how much I love you. And Andrea responded, I know, but so do other people. I betrayed them all. I'm not sure how to deal with that for now, but my burden, not yours. Wow. So I read that in kind of a normal way. Mm -hmm. But when she was on the stand, she's like angrily looking at this email that they've Mm -hmm. got. And, you know, the attorney is like forcing her to read it out loud. And the way she read her last part was, here's how she did it. I know, but so do other people. I betrayed them all. I'm not sure how to deal with that for now, but my burden, not yours. And then she just tossed it aside. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was like uncomfortable. Ooh. Don't want to admit that I wrote this. It, it was weird. So the defense attorney asked, What happened in Greenville? Andrea said they held hands. Mm. That's it, that's mm-hmm. what she had to repent for. Mm hmm. The emails just made it sound worse than what it was. Mm-hmm. Because you see, to, ho- to Andrea, holding hands was a very big betrayal. Mm-hmm. Toward the end, the cross-examination got really heated. The defense asked Andrea why she sent police down a rabbit hole. Here's a transcript. Andrea, have you seen what's happened to my life? Have you noticed? Defense, have you seen what's happened to Rusty? Right? Right? Andrea, have you noticed what's happened to my life since Hemi was murdered? Since Hemi murdered my husband? Her whole demeanor was cold, angry, wow. arrogant. She continued to deny that she, that the affair, that an affair had ever taken place. But eight other witnesses said that it happened. And again, both the prosecution and the defense said it was a given that there was an affair. hmm So, how involved or uninvolved was she in the crime itself? On the day Rusty was murdered, it was the daycare that notified Andrea that there had been an emergency and that Rusty had been rushed to the hospital. Andrea got that news and rushed immediately. Hmm. I wrote rushed immediately to the school, but I think she rushed to the hospital. I think that was my Uh bad. You know, you could have just changed it and no one would have known. But I'm not sure that it was my bad. <laughs> I'm, not, like, or I'm not sure that I'm wrong, so I'm just, you know, whatever. Put it out there. She either went to the school or the hospital. It would make no sense to go to the school. I think she went to the hospital. Okay. Here's a transcript. Defense. How many times did you call Rusty? Andrea. Call Rusty. Zero times. Defense. Why didn't you call Rusty? Andrea. Because they just told me something had happened to Rusty. And what he... are the chances he's going to answer his cell phone? And they told her that he was on the way to the hospital. Right. Yeah. That... Defense. They didn't tell you what happened to Rusty. Andrea, is there... Did you have a question? Uh... Which I am with her on this. Yeah. Because I, I've i tried to put myself in her shoes. If someone said something happened to Norman, he's being... You know, an ambulance took him to a hospital. No, I'm not calling his I'm cell phone. I'm not calling phone. his cell I'm phone. I'm going driving yeah. like a bat out of hell yeah. to the hospital. Yeah. So I don't think that's that weird. No, I don't either. But here's okay. Here's the weird part. Okay. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. <laughs> Andrea says she didn't find out that Rusty had been shot until she arrived at the hospital at around 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. But then Rusty's dad, Don, took the stand. He said that Andrea had called him at around 9.30 in the morning and said that Rusty had been shot. Andrea's former co-worker... Oh, God. Oh, now it's just annoying noises. <laughs> that is not good. Uh, no, and there are more people who say the exact same thing. Oh, shit. Yeah, now whose side are you on? Oh, shit. So Andrea's former coworker and Andrea's former BFF, Shayna Sintran took the stand and they both said that Andrea said that Rusty was shot and they said and she said that to them before 11 a.m.
2: Oh. Easy to know that if you've told
1: your lover to go do it. Mm-hmm. When Shayna was on the stand she said that Andrea always denied having an affair with Hemi. But as her best friend she didn't believe it. Oh. She said... I didn't believe Andrea, but my heart really wanted to.
2: Oh my gosh. I that think that, would, that, that would be really hard.
1: yeah. yeah. That testimony, I mean, maybe it influenced more me more than it should have. first of all, the the timing, yeah. is very is convincing ve- to me. Yes. but also, your best friend. Yeah. You
2: know. You definitely know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: After her testimony was over, Shana stood, walked past the attorneys, walked through the row of spectators, and Andrea was right there. And right there in front of everyone, in front of the jury, Andrea kissed her cheek and gave her a very long hug. But then the two of them walked out of the courtroom... And as soon as they were out of those doors, Andrea turned to Shayna and in front of Shayna's lawyer said, look, I understand you had to do what you had to do, but now you're going to have to live with what I'm going to do. <gasps> and then Andrea kissed Shayna again. The fuck does that mean?
2: Uh, sounds like a pretty fucking scary threat to me. Sounds like a fucking threat for sure.
1: Yeah. And the kiss makes it even creepier. Uh Uh-huh. Kiss to death. After that, Andrea was barred from the courthouse for improper contact with a witness. Like, you can't just go up and smooch and hug a witness after she says, yeah, I'm pretty sure she was having an affair. So now Andrea is physically gone from the trial, but the defense and prosecution dropped her name constantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They both argued that Andrea played a big role in this murder. But the crucial question was, was Hemi sane or insane at the time of the murder? Mm -hmm. These things drive me crazy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Proving at that moment? I don't understand how you even go about that. Yeah. For their part, the defense kept talking about Barry White and Olivia Mm Newton-John. They brought in three... psychiatric witnesses who testified that Hemi was mentally ill and that he'd been in a manic state when he committed the murder.
2: Which I think is very possible, but I think he was
1: probably also influenced. You know, the money is the thing that just strikes me as a little too convenient. Mm -hmm. I can't remember for sure, but I feel like they said that Hemi was filing for bankruptcy. I know for sure they were talking about him having financial troubles. Mm -hmm. But like... That just, doesn't that just seem a little too Mm, damn convenient? And I guess that wouldn't necessarily mean that he's not insane at the time of the murder. But I just, it just adds up to a lot of, I think also watching that interrogation where he just seemed so calm Mm -hmm. and it made me think, is this someone who's so arrogant that he feels like he can pull the wool over everybody's eyes? Probably. I mean, possibly. Yeah. I am going to try to do this justice. Okay, Um, This is what the prosecutor said during closing arguments. And I mean, I wish you could see a tape of it because it's so damn good. But here we go. He said, they would have us believe that he was insane because he was having a good time at the club. And Andrea's doing this dance for him. And she's, you know, and they're groping and they're grinding and they're getting it on and they're kissing and hugging. Now, He's supposed to be insane because he's saying, Isn't it great? Isn't it great? Isn't it great? Yes, it's great. (laughs) Of course, it's great. He's having an affair. He's about to go back to the room and do the horizontal mambo. Yes, it's great. What man in America wouldn't be like, Ooh, I'm about to have sex. It's great. (laughs) <laughs> of course he's having a good time. If that makes him insane, then half the men walking down the street are insane. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. So good. Oh, my gosh. And I feel like, needless to say, this guy was, like, bouncing all oh, over. for sure. You know, he wasn't, like, standing still yeah. doing this. Did he do any, like, pelvic thrusting during <laughs> it? I, I feel like I would remember that. <laughs> The jury went into deliberation, and they found him guilty. Yeah, guilty but mentally ill, Mm -hmm. which is a win for the prosecution. Hemi would go to prison, not a mental Mm -hmm. institution. He was sentenced to prison to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So, at the end of this 2020 episode, the prosecutors talked about how they believe that Andrea participated in the murder of her husband, but Robert James said what I believe and what I can prove are two different things, which. Yeah. Yeah. Rusty's family said they believe she was involved in some way and they want to know exactly how she was involved. Yeah. They just want to know the truth. Mm hmm. Eventually prosecutors did indict Andrea in Rusty's murder. But three days before her trial, the prosecution withdrew the murder charges. <gasps> wow! Yeah, they just didn't have enough to prove it. I, I mean, assuming, assuming that all they had was what they had at Hemi's trial. Yeah, I don't think they it's had not enough, enough on her. To, yeah, he wasn't saying he wasn't saying she was involved, Mm-mm. and of course she wasn't going to say she was involved. Mm-mm. And I mean, yeah, it looks bad. It looks really, really bad. Yeah, but there's no concrete evidence. Exactly. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. After those charges were withdrawn, Andrea received the $2 million life insurance payout. So it had been withheld. Uh But then, you know, there's they don't have a reason to withhold it anymore. So she gets I think it was a little over $2 million. Holy shit. Her trial moved moved forward. On lesser charges of perjury and hindering the apprehension of a killer. The prosecution argued that Andrea lied to police and to a jury about whether she'd had a romantic relationship with Hemi. They also said she withheld crucial information after Rusty was murdered. Mm -hmm. Assistant District Attorney Kelly Hill said she didn't tell police about the relationship. She didn't tell police about the trips they took together. She didn't tell police that he wanted to marry her. She didn't tell police she sent him close to 200 pictures of her children after he said he wanted to raise them. (sighs) But Andrea's defense team fought back. They were like, uh, excuse me. When police talked to her the day after Rusty died, she gave them Hemi's name. Frankly, she gave them the motive, too. She had no reason to believe that he committed the crime. Okay, so this drives me crazy. Yeah, technically she said his name. Yeah, But she didn't say he has proposed marriage via no. email. No. She, if she really thought that he was a crazy stalker mm-hmm. and that he was obsessed with her, wouldn't she have been a little less dismissive of him with police, wouldn't you be like, hey, my boss is kind of a creep. I clearly have misjudged this. I didn't think it was that big a deal. I'm worried. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 100%. See, this is what just... Yeah. Yeah. The prosecution talked about the timeline. Rusty's dad swears she told him that Rusty had been shot. And she said it hours before she found out he'd been Mm -hmm. shot. Mm Mm-hmm. But the defense said that Rusty's dad was just mistaken. You know, he he wasn't lying, he was just it's a crazy time, you don't remember things verbatim. He was just mistaken. No. Ultimately, all however many people said that were all mistaken? Yeah. Mhm. Ultimately, the jury found her guilty. She was sentenced to 5 years in prison and she served 10 months. Holy shit. At some point toward the end of 2013, the Snyderman family sued Andrea in civil court. Mm -hmm. According to their suit, she actively and knowingly participated in the murder and the planning of the murder of Rusty Snyderman. Yeah. They settled out of court for an undisclosed amount, Mm -hmm. so I have no idea. Meanwhile, Hemi was still sitting in prison, Listening to some Barry Manilow, maybe.
2: Oh, sorry. That's Barry White. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> maybe he switched to Barry Manilow. Maybe. But why yeah. would you? Well, I don't know. Honestly. Mandy's pretty good.
1: <laughs> so Barry said to him, you should appeal your case. <laughs> <laughs> so Hemmy took Barry's advice. <laughs> And appealed his case all the way to the Supreme Court. Court. Oh, left out a critical word there, Georgia Supreme I was, Court. I, so I was delaying
2: because I, I thought you were going to put. A I state wondered in what there. you were doing. You were like, lean back. Yeah, like back, I, yeah. Know, like I was waiting for you to say the state. in an
1: interrogation. Yeah, that's right. Sip of my mojito. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what his lawyers argued. Okay, which I think this is an excellent argument. In his first trial. Hemis' lawyers hired consultants who met with him in prison. Those conversations were obviously recorded because, duh, it's a prison, mm-hmm. and they were allowed into evidence. Oh, so the prof- that should be confidential. Yep. Yep. Ooh, good argument. So the prosecution was allowed to use those conversations to build their own case. I know. I know. No. So in this appeal, Hemi's lawyers argued that those conversations should have been protected by attorney-client privilege and not handed over to the prosecution. 100%. The justices agreed. One of the justices said... Defense attorneys would never hire consultants if they knew that this was the risk, which is totally true. You would Absolutely. never you would never let your client talk to anybody. No. So the Georgia Supreme Court ruled in Hemi's favor, and Hemi got a retrial. Mm. So his new trial was very similar to the first, mm-hmm. except Andrea Snyderman would not be called to the stand. Ooh. Which, okay, I love this. So I talked about Christian Boone. He's the Mm -hmm. reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And in one of his articles, he mentioned that Andrea would not be on the stand for the second trial. And he said it was like remaking Jaws without the shark. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not going to go into it because I feel like we 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 know the details. In August of 2016, a jury found Hemi guilty again. And I believe the exact same judge gave him the exact same sentence again—life wow. in prison without parole. Oh, so that was oh. a whole lot for not much. Yeah. Andrea released a statement to the media praising the jury's verdict. She called I'm Hemi. Sure, she did. She called Hemi a cold-blooded killer. Okay, Andrea. And that's the story of the daycare killer. Holy shit. That was nuts, wasn't it? Nuts. Where do
2: you land on this? I think Andrea had a way bigger part in it than she was convicted of. Yeah. Way bigger.
1: Do you think that it's like just like his defense attorney said where she knew he was mentally ill and she manipulated him? I
2: totally think that's it. Wow. Yeah.
1: See, it's funny because I wrote that down and Mm -hmm. I really didn't think much of it at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. But that would explain why she didn't email a ton of yeah. stuff back to him, maybe? Yes. Yeah. Just enough
2: to keep him on the line mm-hmm. and to be able to manipulate him to do what she wanted. Yeah, maybe.
1: Oh, yeah. It was such a good case. I'd never such heard, a good case. I'd never heard of that. Did uh-huh. you? No. Yeah, it was so good. Nope.
2: LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Okay. You about to ruin my day. Hmm. So I'd like
2: to just go back in time for a second. (laughs) And remind everyone what Kristen did to me last week. (laughs) no warning. Um, if you'll recall on last week's episode, I talked about a fraud case mm-hmm. that,
1: Christian. Um, I believe you said you loved it. I did love it. It was like meant for
2: me. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. And then you yeah. in turn uh-huh. talked about fucking dog murder. Well, take the word fucking out of that sentence because that's <laughs>
2: disgusting. <gasps> you talked about a poor little Bichon Frise who was murdered. Yeah, it did suck. Yeah, it sure did. Yeah, it was rough. And I've not gotten over it. And so okay. this week, I picked a case that I've been ignoring.
1: Oh, out I've, of the kindness of your heart, you've been ignoring? Yep,
2: it? I've come across this case a couple times. First of all, there's not that information, not not that much information available about it. Uh-huh. So this will be a little bit short. But okay. second of all, out of the kindness of my heart, I couldn't do it to you. Oh,
1: no. (gasps) Is this about Taco Bell? No! No! No, No, it's about Taco Bell! (laughs) No. Oh, God. So today,
2: (laughs) to return the favor you did for me last week.
1: No, don't ruin Taco Bell. I
2: have a doozy of a case
1: for you. What if I just left?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was lunchtime on Friday, June 16th. 2006 and Ryan Clinkenbeard was partaking in his favorite Friday afternoon ritual. It was his lunch break and he had ventured across the street from the Provo Utah marketing firm where he worked in it to get lunch at his favorite restaurant, Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was approximately twelve forty-five PM. By the time Ryan sat down at the table at the Taco Bell, located at 1244 North Freedom Boulevard, Provo, Utah. North?
1: Yes. Well, that just looks like a beautiful Taco Bell that I would hate for you to ruin for me. Ryan sat down with his regular
2: order. He always ordered the same thing. Same. A cheesy gordita crunch. Oh, no! Oh, no! A bean burrito. Oh, okay. A taco supreme. Oh, crunchy? Uh, I don't know. And he washed it all down with a Diet Pepsi. Oh. The monster. <sighs> oh. On this particular day, Ryan thought the gordita tasted better than ever. But the beans in the bean burrito... Seemed off, slightly undercooked, maybe, but he didn't think much of it. It was Taco Bell. He finished his meal, he went back to work, and he was looking forward to a fun weekend ahead. He and his girlfriend Sheena were planning to head to Pocatello, Idaho on Saturday morning. So Pocatello is like two hours and 45 minutes north of Provo, Utah. They'd rented a cabin for the weekend, and Ryan. Unbeknownst to Sheena,
1: oh, he was going was planning
2: to pop the question, oh no,
1: oh no, this is so sad. Ryan's
2: workday ended without much fanfare. In fact, it wasn't until much later that night that the problems for Ryan began. It was around one thirty in the morning, oh no, when Ryan woke up in excruciating pain, his stomach was cramping. And it was like nothing he'd ever felt before. His stomach had been bothering him all night. He'd actually skipped dinner. It had been um, so unsettled. But he chalked it up to nerves about the upcoming proposal. Sure, sure, But now, the pain had far surpassed discomfort. Ryan groaned as he climbed out of bed and nearly doubled over in pain. Oh, no. He felt his way to the bathroom turned on the light, and was shocked by his reflection in the mirror. He was pale and sweaty. Dark circles had appeared under his eyes. His stomach cramped again, harder this time. Oh, no. Ryan let out another groan. This time, he tried to muffle it with, like, the sleeve of his pajamas, trying not to disturb Sheena. He sat on the toilet, and he (sighs) prayed for relief. Oh, God. It was almost immediately after sitting on the toilet that Ryan knew he was in real trouble. At first, he thought he had diarrhea. But then he realized the liquid coming from him was too thick and warm. Ew. It was blood. Oh, my God. Blood what? was pouring from what? his anus.
1: Oh my God! What is wrong with you? You don't know this case. No. As if I would ever. If I saw a headline (laughs) that indicated anything negative about Taco Bell, I would not click it. I don't want to know.
2: Ryan called out for Sheena.
1: Oh my God! Just
2: as he blacked out.
1: Oh my God! He was bleeding from his butthole. Yes. Oh no.
2: Sheena had heard Ryan get out of bed and was somewhere between asleep and awake when she heard him cry out for her. Oh, my God. Then she heard a thud in the bathroom. Oh, my God. She ran to the bathroom and was shocked by what she saw. Ryan was passed out on the floor, and there was blood everywhere. everywhere. Not only was there blood coming from his anus, Ryan had cracked what? his head on the oh vanity. My God. As he'd fallen off the toilet. Oh! Sheena screamed and then gathered her composure and called 911. Ryan was still unresponsive when emergency crews rushed him to Utah Valley Hospital. In fact, Ryan would spend the next 56 days what? in and out of comas, undergoing multiple surgeries... And going through extensive rehab.
1: This is impossible. Oh. How, what could have possibly been wrong with... I'm about to get there. Oh, my God.
2: Ultimately, Ryan would end up having 28 inches of his small intestine removed, and he was fitted with a colostomy bag that he would have to wear for the rest of his life. What?! The reason for all of this? Yes. What? Toxoplasma gondii, a fast-acting parasite that doctors believe Ryan had contracted. Contracted? Contract. Contracted. <laughs> he signed a contract with it, which he shouldn't have done. He believed Ryan had contracted from mishandled food oh my at God. Taco Bell.
1: No. No. Yeah. What the hell did they do to it? That's going to be how do you mishandle food that badly?
2: Oh my god! So this is terrifying. Your worst nightmare, right? Jerk. (laughs) 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 So toxoplasma gondii. G o n d i i. I'm not positive on that pronunciation. Not g h a n d i. no. No. So it's actually like the most common food parasite mm-hmm. in developed countries. Okay, it's very common, but it is super fast acting and it can have lifelong uh... consequences. Yes, that's the <laughs> word I was
0: looking for.
2: <laughs> so a like. A colostomy bag is a bag you have to wear on your body yeah. for your waste to collect in. Yeah. Because this thing destroyed his digestive tract. Oh, my God. In a very short amount of time. In the 56 days that he spent in the hosp- in various hospitals oh and all the procedures that he underwent. Because like when you're talking about, we talked about this a little bit in the um, Stephen Beard case I did. When mm-hmm. you're talking about digestive problems, the risk of like sepsis and all of that is huge. Mm-hmm. And so he just went through all of these procedures. He had infection after infection. Just, yeah. He racked up medical bills well over half a million dollars I believe it yeah yeah and so by the time that he recovered from this he was drowning in medical bills and doctors truly believed that Taco Bell was the source of this parasite uh huh and so Ryan felt like he didn't have any choice he said Let's go, go to court. court. And so Ryan filed a lawsuit against Taco Bell purely to get his medical bills That's covered. it? Oh, That's I would it. sue the pants off of that. So them. initially, so the first lawyer that he worked with was like, you you need to seek way more than this. Your yeah. life has been altered by yeah, this. Yeah,
1: you've got your poop in a
2: bag That's for the right. rest of your life. Yeah. And he really was adamant that he didn't He didn't want to do that. He really just wanted to get his medical bills covered. But Taco Bell was like, not so fast, Ryan Clinkenbeard. Prove to us you got that parasite from us. Those assholes. Here's the deal. Prior to Ryan coming down with this crazy parasite, Uh He had traveled outside of the United States. Where'd he go? Um, It was, I believe it was somewhere in Africa. Uh And it's possible that he was exposed to unclean water. And so Taco Bell's big argument when they go to trial.
1: Is it could be from something else. Is that it could
2: be from something else and
1: that he had had that parasite for much longer. Did other people get sick from that Taco Bell?
2: No. And that's Taco Bell's big argument as well. That there weren't a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. So are you going to ask about the incubation period? Is that your next question? Well, no, but maybe I should.
1: But my other question was, how long ago did he travel?
2: It had been like he had only been back in the United States for a few days prior to coming down with this. But the incubation period with this toxoplasma is super short. Oh, So So, like lunchtime. So so his defense team brought in experts that said, no, he would have been sick days ago if he brought this back from Africa. He would have his insides would have been basically eaten alive by this thing. Okay, okay. There's no possible way. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Taco Bell says there's no way for you to prove that you got it from our restaurant. I mean, how can't Taco Bell just pay this guy his $600,000? He has to poop in a bag.
1: Yeah, that's awful. The problem, though,
2: is the precedent that this would set. Yeah,
1: yeah. You totally understand why they wouldn't want to do it. Oh, absolutely. Then it sets a precedent. Yeah. Then you're admitting Mm -hmm. that this happened, which that's terrible PR because who's going to want to eat at Taco Bell after that? So...
2: This was Taco Bell's whole thing this whole time was you can't prove the source of it. It wasn't us. They also went full on shaggy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But the defense had kind of a star witness up their sleeve. Okay, So one of the ways that toxoplasma Gandhi can be. Um, transmitted mm-hmm. is through contact with feline excrement. Oh. So they brought in an expert uh-huh. that testified to all of this because uh, it's a very fast-growing parasite. It's often carried in the excrement of cats, but it's not harmful to cats. Right. And so kind of like during the court case, when the defense brings this up, people are like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything?
1: Yeah. Well, does a Taco Bell worker, like, roll One in cat of the shit? Taco
2: Bell workers lived with a cat breeder. Okay. Yeah. House full of fucking cats yep. and cat excrement. Yep. Yep. I mean, that sounds like a smoking gun to me. Yeah,
1: it is. God, this, yeah. this is disgusting. I hate that you did this, but I know I deserve it. You
2: definitely deserve <laughs> it.
1: So... The
2: defense is like, all right, Taco Bell, you can say whatever the fuck you want. You know, Mm -hmm. can't prove it was us. But Mm -hmm. here we are saying that it is proven that this can be contracted from cat shit. And here you have an employee that was working in the kitchen Mm -hmm. on the day Mm -hmm. that Ryan was here and got his meal who lives in a house with a cat breeder. And it's like some kind of crazy fancy cat.
1: Yeah. Well, sure. You Not don't just breed. a
2: regular just cat. Yeah, you don't, yeah.
1: You don't breed kikis and boos.
2: No, you don't! It's, yeah, some kind of exotic cat. Yeah. Which I think they even said something about how that makes it, like, the risk of the parasite being in the excrement is even higher when you're talking about this weird exotic cat. Okay. The trial was short. A few experts, whatever. Right. But the jury deliberated For seven days.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
2: What do you think they decided?
1: I hope they found in his favor.
2: They didn't. They awarded him nothing. They found in Taco Bell's favor.
1: Wow. Yeah. Because they hadn't proven. They they hadn't proven. mm -hmm.
2: They didn't believe that they had proven enough about the cat. And so Ryan got nothing
1: well and he had to pay for all of all of his all of his court
2: costs all of his medical bills oh my
1: god poor ryan yeah
2: and sheena decided she didn't want to be with him anymore because he had the colostomy bag
1: no you're making that up
2: no 100 percent serious she She didn't
1: say she didn't say he said that he
2: believed that's why she left yeah well I've not yet told you the craziest part of this story.
1: Yes, you have. I haven't. What? Are you
2: ready for it? What? Do you want to buckle your seatbelt?
1: Click. I'm so fucking scared.
2: <laughs> this case. Did you make this? This 100% movie?
1: made up. <laughs> I can't believe you did that to me (laughs) you know what honest to god that was so scary and I was oh and you even like oh you made made sure that he ordered my food but not exactly 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 your food food.
2: (laughs) I looked up a real
1: May be the best prank anyone has ever pulled on me. I, I am still feeling nauseous. Honest to God. In the beginning, you were going into so much detail, and I was like, "Holy shit! How'd you get all this detail?" He sat on the toilet. You jerk! He sat on the toilet, and all of a sudden, it was something thicker than diarrhea. God. Uh, you're evil
2: you so deserved it
1: i don't know i don't know Uh, my okay my family is gonna love that you got me
2: with that I was so worried that at some point you're going to be like, this isn't fucking real.
1: Oh, no. I believed it the whole time. <laughs> I absolutely believed I'm it. I'm so glad. <laughs> How did you keep a straight face? You were so good. You like... I sold it. You really did sell it. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: And i didn't tell anybody i was doing this i there was no way i could do it i had to keep it to myself which was the hardest fucking thing ever how long ago did you start
1: planning this oh uh, when we recorded the episode about dog murder like literally when i told you that story you were so mad yes. you were like i am going I am to go- i have to up. get her back well well done <laughs> Let's all let's all join in in a slow clap for Brandy. Oh, okay, that was amazing. God, I I'm so glad I got you. But you know what? I don't know that I will ever eat Taco Bell again without thinking mm, of, of that case, yes. of that made up case.
2: Oh, uh. all right. You know how I've been loving to do these. Weird lawsuit things.
1: Yes, please. Okay. Is it a real one or a fake one? It's
2: real, but it's not so much a weird lawsuit. It's kind of like a stupid criminal. Oh, I love that. I know. I love these. Okay. So this man in Iowa, um, Robert Leo Watson, was on his laptop one day. Mm-hmm. And oh shit, he spilled some gravy on it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like you do. I'm sorry, just hit the mic. (laughs) You know how often you're eating gravy around your laptop laptop, right? Daily. (laughs) There's never a time you're not eating gravy around. (laughs) So he spills gravy all over his laptop. Uh Uh-huh. So he takes it to Best Buy to have the Geek Squad work on it. Yeah. Get it back up and running, save his hard drive, whatever. Oh, Oh my God. They uncover massive amounts of child pornography. On his laptop. Hold on.
1: Are we sure this was gravy? Oh, God! Kristen! Well, do I have a point or do I have oh, a point? Oh, it's disgusting! Uh-huh. Oh! I'm sorry. So they uncovered massive amounts of child porn? Uh-huh. And so they are required by law, obviously. Thank God, yeah. Yes, to report to it. To report it.
2: So they, the police come and they take it and they go and arrest this man. And he has a a perfectly reasonable explanation for why he has child porn on his computer, Kristen. I would love to know what that is. So he came across it on the internet. He wasn't looking for it. He just happened upon it. Uh And he downloaded it so that he could tell the police about it. (laughs)
1: He's really more of a hero. (laughs)
2: That's correct. Wow. That's correct. (laughs) Well...
1: Not all pedophiles wear capes. <laughs> Sorry, if did you, I butcher that? No, I
2: think that's great. Okay, if you have massive amounts of child... If you have one file of child porn on your computer and you spill gravy on it, I think the computer's done. I don't think you take it to Best
1: Buy. Hey, let's not give tips to pedophiles. Oh, you're right. Okay. Let's not. Yeah. Yes, please. Take it to Best In, Buy immediately. Immediately. Yes.
2: Get to your nearest geek squad. They There's a, there's an oath that they swear to their, their clients that... You know, whatever
1: we find, that's your business. <laughs> and I just, I, again, I have to say, there's no way that was gravy.
2: No, gross! Stop saying that! <laughs> you know there's no way that was gravy! <laughs> How much come would there have to be on a computer to make it stop working?
1: How much child porn did he no!
2: have on that? Yeah! Oh,
1: yeah! oh my gosh! I can't believe I have to be the one to it's tell you. It's been
2: since episode six that we've used a phrase on this
1: podcast. What was that? Gobs of ew, 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 Oh God. <laughs> Yuck. No. I blocked it from my mind. It's your fucking case. I know and I blocked it from my mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's my show note. Oh, you got any show notes this God, week? No, I'm too disturbed. I'm like about to vomit everywhere. First with your fake case and then with that one about the groovy. You really didn't
2: know like you really believed it. Of course I believed oh, I'm it. I'm so glad. Did I even look for one second? Like, no, you looked so disturbed. Yeah. The entire time. Yeah, I
1: had so I had my hands <laughs> on my face most of the time.
2: And you kept like sinking down further and further. Well, yeah, in your you chair. don't want to hear
1: this about your favorite the love it, Taco Bell i should have known hmm. you know what okay here was the giveaway mm-hmm. you didn't cite any sources and you normally always say oh blah, blah blah yeah
2: but i don't always say that at the beginning okay you don't always you're yeah. right you're right yeah i i fell for I that even, i even put in fake sources on our on our outro <gasps> page I looked up the name of the newspaper in Provo,
1: Utah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and this is the real place that I got the information about the toxoplasm,
1: the Center for Science and the Public Interest. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh man. Uh, <laughs> that was so good.
2: I'm so glad I got you. <laughs> I really feel like I had to do this in the name of so many of our listeners were very upset. They were upset. So this was really for all of them.
1: Okay. Well, (laughs) I hope everyone's feeling a lot better now. (laughs) All right. All right.
2: So uh, we're still working on that 250 ratings and reviews. So Mm -hmm. please head on over to iTunes, leave us a rating, leave us a review, and then find us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're on Reddit. Is that all of them? That's it. You want to say anything?
1: I don't want to say a damn thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, find us all those places
1: and then be sure to join us next week. When we'll be experts on two whole new real topics. Podcast adjourned. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode, I got my info from the 2020 episode Angels and Demons, and a ton of articles by Christian Boone for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I got my info from nowhere uh, because it was 100% made up. For a full list of my sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff. That was so good. That was so good. You had me. Oh, man, you had me. <laughs>